Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm, the podcast that shows do-gooders, nonprofits, and businesses how to build win-win partnerships that raise money and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by the Cause Marketing Forum and Selfish Giving. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at CauseUpdate.com and SelfishGiving.com. Now on to today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Joe Waters and I want to welcome you to another exciting episode of Cause Talk Radio. And on the line with me, of course, is Miss Megan Strand. Hey Megan. Hey Joe. How's it going? It's awesome. I'm very excited for today's episode because we're mixing it up a yeah, little bit mixing today. It up. And this is what people want. You know, we've been getting some great show suggestions from people, you know, yeah. asking for specific topics. People have been emailing us and leaving messages and stuff talking about the show. And today on the show, we have someone, first of all, who was at Cause Marketing Forum, who I heard got much better ratings than even I, Megan, at the Cause Marketing Forum conference. I mean, they did, did so incredibly with her presentation. So we knew that we had to have her on. That's and right. On the line with us is Katrina McGee, who is a nonprofit leader and an entrepreneur who has more than 25 years of experience. And this includes Megan being chief marketing officer at Susan G. Coleman for the Cure. Hey, Katrina, how's it going? Hello, hello. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you so much for being here. This is great. And it's a little bit something different for us, Katrina, because we're going to be talking about personal branding today, something that you specialize in. And this was a really big hit at the Cause Marketing Forum conference. Congratulations on that. Thank you. I had a great time. So, you know, what we really talk about with personal branding, too, is because of the nature of the show, we're really talking about causepreneurs, right, Megan? Those types of people, people in the agency world, people in the for-profit world, nonprofit world. How do you stop people out when you start talking about personal branding? First of all, what is personal branding for people? The basic definition I use is the um, conscious... um, creation of an image or impression in the minds of other people about you, Mm. you know, how you make conscious choices to decide how you want to present yourself to the world. And the interesting thing is I started teaching personal branding out of teaching cause marketing within nonprofit organizations. I would tell them, you know, there are three components to a really great uh, cause marketing relationship Mm -hmm. within a nonprofit and a for-profit. The first is a compelling cause. The second is a strong brand between the nonprofit and for-profit. And of course, there's you, the passionate salesperson. And what I figured out is people could really understand, you know, what it meant to have a compelling cause. They understood the strength of the brand, but they didn't really see what they themselves brought to the table. Mm. So I started to back up and incorporate personal branding as a part of my overall training. Yeah. And why why do you think that's such a hard thing for maybe nonprofit professionals? Well, let's just use the word causepreneurs in general. Why is that so hard for people to wrap their heads around? Is it just something they don't think about? Yeah, I think, first of all, most people don't really see themselves as a brand. And so they don't consciously try to curate an image or impression. I think the second thing is we spend the least amount of time on ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, just in general, it goes to work, it goes to family, it goes to community, and you are always your last priority. Mm -hmm. So stopping to think about, you know, how can I better provide an impression or image in the minds of others is just not something that you ever really address until somebody explains why it's so incredibly important. I think, I think Megan would agree though, that I'm definitely the last priority (laughs) in my life. I was going to say, Joe Joe might be the exception to that, Katrina. He thinks a lot about himself. Katrina, I'm just so (laughs) selfless. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, I think it. I think it is too, though. The nature of nonprofit people in general, though, Katrina and Megan, is to put the cause first. You know, in the sense they're not necessarily in it for themselves or to build their own brand. They want to promote the cause, so it's easy to put yourself in kind of a secondary role there. And unfortunately, I think for a lot of nonprofit professionals, it drops to a lot more than second to third and fourth and fifth until it's finally out of the picture. But I oh, think sure. I think it's interesting that Katrina's taking this tact, though, because you I mean, you you stumbled upon this as sort of a sales training, really. Right. Like you're talking about what you need to have in place for cause marketing. And you identified that you as a salesperson are really important. So how has that how has that translated for you in terms of talking about personal branding? Well, it's interesting. I stumbled on it as a training teaching cause marketing, but I sort of uh, touched on it when I was at Komen too, because I would give these talks about what is appropriate attire for the season, helping people understand that how you present yourself leads to your success. And so I kind of parlayed that in the training because people couldn't understand that how you package yourself can attract sales to you, giving value in the marketplace, using all of your assets and talents to reposition yourself really helped from a sales perspective. So uh, people have um, kind of gravitated to it to say, oh, wow, I get this now. If I stop and think about who I am, what I stand for, and what are my areas of expertise, even off my job description, it makes me a more attractive person in terms of people wanting to meet with me, uh, attracting the type of business that I want, uh, being able to position myself for career performance. I mean, there are just so many benefits to personal branding when you understand completely what it entails. Hmm. You know, it's interesting, too. I mean, and Megan, you know this about me. I mean, when I first started my blog back in 2004, you know, I, I did it because I wanted to continue to talk about the programs that we were talking about at my employer at the time, Boston mm-hmm. Medical Center. But it was, you know, it was getting too much just to do it over email. And and finally, you know, they were like, why don't you just start a blog or just don't email me anymore? And I was like, Mom, that's a great idea. And, <laughs> and, and, and you know, that's where I started the blog. But, you know, what's been great about that, though, Katrina, is it has been a great source of personal branding to me. And you know what's been nice about it, too, Katrina? It's portable. It goes with me. Absolutely. Understanding how to. Well, first of all, you know, from a career perspective, I tell people everybody has the opportunity to be an A player. But some of us are out of position, mm. you know, and we yeah, have really struggled. Yeah, we many of us have really struggled in our career because we don't understand who we are and what we're really good at. We only look at ourselves through our weaknesses. And you know what happens. You go in for your yearly review and they say, oh, you did great on this. And here are the six things you need to work on. And so we spend all our time on those six weaknesses and never really turn around and say, how do I maximize these strengths? Mm, So I really take those so that I can position myself as an A player using what I am most good at. Uh, So that's just one aspect of personal branding that impacts career. When you look at attracting people to you, I tell people, curate or create content. Let people know what you're about. Like you have a blog. Some Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. use Facebook for that medium. Other people now put posts up on uh, LinkedIn. And I think it's a wonderful way to give value to the marketplace while at the same time redefining uh, how people see you. 
I want to dig in just a little bit to some of those questions that you were asking. So who am I? What do I stand for? And what are my areas of expertise? What do you how do you recommend people start that process? And I know you do this in like a giant workshop that's very intense. So I'm just asking for the Cliff Notes version here. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, we don't have time for four days of training. I wish we did. That would be awesome. That's right. I I think Megan and I are going to be at your next session. I love it. I take people through a process I call defining my personal brand and I ask them a series of questions. So, for example, under who am I? I usually give them an example that says, in my case, I am a success strategist. You know, my passion in life is in inspiring and igniting people to be more than me they were created to be and to embrace their unique gifts and talents so they can boldly fulfill their divine assignment. And then I say, what do you stand for? I stand for excellence, innovation, compassion and love. So I take them through a series of six basic questions because so many of us get lost and say, oh, my God, what am I here for? I wish I understood my purpose in life. And you go this round the way thinking, trying to find your purpose before you answer any of these questions. And I tell people your purpose is always in the present. If you follow your passions, your purpose will be revealed. So don't spend a lot of time trying to judge what you, how you define you, whether it's right or wrong, or don't spend a lot of time saying this is not big enough or large enough. Just go with what naturally sets your soul on fire, what you're good at, and let that be the essence of how you define your personal brand. Katrina, is this a good point too to talk to others about what they see in you as your strengths and things well, that you should follow? You know, because I mean, a lot of times too, what we think about ourselves, first of all, we always don't think about ourselves in the best ways. And, you know, it's good when we get that that feedback from people that says, you know, Joe or Megan or Katrina, you're really good at this. I don't know if you really appreciate it or realize it, but it sounds like there's an opportunity there to have a conversation with others. Absolutely. And I actually have a fun exercise in some of my longer training. Trainings, I ask people to write down 10 words that they use to describe themselves. Don't think about it a lot. Don't, you know, say, oh, my God, that's not the right word. Just the first 10 words that come to your mind. And then when you go home that night, put a note on Facebook or social media and say, hey, I'm taking a personal branding class. And one of the things I need to do is ask people how they would describe me. Can you give me one word that best describes you? And the goal of that exercise is to look at how you describe yourself and how other people perceive you and then try to reconcile those two together. And time and time again, people have been terrified to do it. But what they find is that people are often much more gracious to them than they are to themselves. And so it becomes this inspiring and uplifting, even empowering exercise where you realize, wow, I mean, there are so many ways that I'm impacting other people. Fascinating. I I can imagine that there's some discrepancies there about what people think of themselves versus how they're being perceived. So how do you how do you ask people to kind of do an audit? And I know this is something that you recommend. How do you ask, ask them to audit their presence, whether it's in person or online? Well, the first thing I do is that exercise. And and what I usually find is that people, we always see ourselves through the lens of lack. And that is one of the central things I cover in the book I wrote called Loving on Me, is that, you know, we tend to see what we don't have and how we aren't enough. And other people tend to see us based on the value that we provide for them. And so oftentimes it is good to get outside of ourselves and get some different perspective. When I talk about auditing your presence online and off, one of the first things I ask people to do is Google yourself. Um, as a professional who has, you know, even three to five years of, 
of experience. You need a Google history that's positive. And um, you need to Google yourself from somebody else's device. Because Google is smart. They know when you Google yourself oh. on your phone or your own computer. But if you get somebody else to Google you, what you're looking for is if you're in the first page of rankings and what's there about you. And then decide what you want to be there about you and start curating or creating content. Um, the other thing I ask people to do is look in their closet. Pick one word that describes, you know, your presence offline, how you dress yourself, and then reconcile that with what you are actually wearing to determine if your wardrobe is reflected you want the world to perceive you to be. Oh, I think I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, working from home is great until I do the closet exercise. And like, <laughs> you know, what's funny is I actually started talking about our offline presence because casual day had become I could care less day. And so I would have uh, this conversation and say, what are we wearing into the office today? Why do we have on rubber flip flops? Why you know, is <laughs> our underwear showing through our clothes and why, you know, just so many things that used to be taken for granted that now I think we have moved away from dressing for success. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, especially, too, when you think about the importance of something like that, when you're coming into contact with people for the first time, you know, yes. uh, and so much, you know, I, I mean, I know it's probably different for men and women. And I actually deal with a bunch of young men now, and they oftentimes will ask me about advice about dressing for men and dressing for events and stuff like that. And I said, look, the important thing with a man is don't dress weird. Don't dress in a way that calls attention to yourself. It's not as demanding, I think, as being a woman. You know, because because so often I think women are dressing for each other, right? Because they're looking, oh, look at that dress. Look at that shirt. Men don't think that way. But if there's something in your attire that someone's like, that isn't right. That's the only thing they'll think about. I tell people be distinct, but never a distraction. Ah. How do you how do you counsel people to be distinct? I mean, I know Joe's got his Boston Red Sox hat. So there's that. That's right. And my Boston accent. where And your Boston accent goes with you everywhere. It goes with me everywhere. Yeah. Well, the example I used in class the other day is when I left home and I wanted to do something to kind of celebrate this moment to, you know, have this pinnacle turn in my life. And I thought maybe I should get a nose ring. That would be so cool. Just imagine as my head turned, it would like glint in the light and be like, tink, tink, tink. And people could see it all over the place. But then I thought about standing in front of people teaching and they would be thinking, why does she have that nose ring? (laughs) (laughs) How does she clean it? It it would be a distraction, Mm. not a distinction. So Mm. I decided to be distinct by wearing bold colors. So I love reds and oranges and greens. And it it is a reflection of my personality, you know, my excitement about being in a place. So that's how I'm distinct and stand apart. I know other people do it through lipstick or other people do it through great hair or other people Mm -hmm. do it through cool shoes. The, The key is to have a sense of style so people know what to expect from you. Consistency breeds clarity. And so anytime, you know, when when they say, oh my gosh, Katrina's coming there, she's always going to have on a cute dress. Mm. I love to see her dress nice. That's part of my style. Other people may be great slacks or, or, you know, just something that sets you apart that's reflective. You. I, I, I've seen some great examples of that too. Joe Polizzi at the Content Marketing Institute, he always wears something orange 
Katrina. And uh, because that's kind of his signature color. And I know another great public speaker uh, out of Boston here, Andrew Davis, he actually always coordinates his tie to match his eyeglasses. And it's just a little way for him to kind of stand out. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, and and like you said, it's kind of a personal style. And it's always not a matter of like being totally dressed up all the time, you know, because I mean, I tried wearing tuxes to all my events, but it just, (laughs) I just brought attention to myself. I can't picture it. I just, it just didn't work out, you know? Uh, But in most instances, I do have my signature Boston Red Sox hat with me. Yeah, and it's something that people know you by. And that's really the whole point of personal branding. When I talk to people in cause marketing about it, I always tell them, you want to give value in the marketplace so that people uh, are excited about beating you. So that when they look at your um, Google page or when they look at your LinkedIn, they say, oh, wow, they're really well-versed in this. Oh, we have a common interest here. Oh, this is something that I can ask them about that I've been wanting to know. You know, give value and be distinct in your own way. Be uh, memorable. You know, a lot of us are over-networked and underconnected. We have 1,500 people on LinkedIn we're networked with, but only three of them actually can remember where they met us. There's just no connection. And so I always challenge people to find ways to have a heart-to-heart, a spirit-to-spirit connection. Hmm. And, you know, one of the things I thought you emphasized in your presentation, too, looking it over afterwards from Cosmic Informed Conference, is the importance of being really generous with people. And I think that's always a challenge sometimes, especially as consultants, because it's like, how much do you really want to give away? Um, but you're, uh, you seem to lean on the side of giving away a lot. I do. I firmly believe in giving value. You know, it's been programmed into us from a marketing perspective to add value to things, like to offer these three things and then incentivize people by adding value. But I think when you bring value to the table from the beginning, people seek you out instead of you constantly having to be the pursuer. And that's one of the things I try to teach in in sales class is that when you have these rich relationships with people, they reward you by connecting you with other people. Because you have added value. You know, it used to be when cause marketing first started out that it was like, oh, businesses were so excited about connecting with nonprofits and we just wanted to do good. And then the recession hit and they were like, okay. We need for you to help drive sales. We need for you to increase foot traffic. We need to have some tangible results from this cause marketing program that says that we're doing well, we're doing good. And so the dynamics change, but our internal sales teams didn't always change. And, and, you know, you have to be conscious about having a business conversation when you're at the table in terms of cause marketing. And that's one of the reasons I'm so uh, maniacal about reinforcing this thing about giving value. Because you want to be a strategic partner in this relationship. Yep. No. How do you recommend people stay connected and form those real meaningful connections? Because as you mentioned, everyone's busy. Everyone's going in a million different directions. How do you stay connected once you've met somebody? Hopefully made an impression, but how do you stay yeah. connected? One of the things I suggest is to go deep instead of trying to go wide. I think for a while, people thought it was like the best thing ever to, to be connected or networked with 2,000 people, but you could only get three of them on the phone. I suggest, <laughs> you know, it was completely nonsensical. I I suggest that we um, call our 
our networks and find five to 10 people we actually want to connect with. It really doesn't take a lot. I mean, one right person who believes in you, who believes in your cause, who is who is well connected themselves can generate five to 10 other leads. Mm. I, I think of it more like um, major gift prospecting. You know, when you're prospecting with major gifts, you work on connecting with one person. That one person believes on you in you and gives you a gift and then they open up their home and invite four of their friends and you have a salon with their friends. Mm -hmm. And then those four people, maybe you get one to two out of that and the same thing happens again. I think we need to look at, at our connections like that in the same way so that the personal relationships remain rich and relevant and produce beyond just that immediate partnership. And I think the deep part is really important in terms of what you're saying. It reminds me of a cartoon I saw two people at a wake and they say, Gee, I thought there'd be more people here. He had like 2,000 friends on Facebook. <laughs> Amen to that. So, Katrina, um, maybe you could leave us with uh, just your overall best tips for people. Maybe a place that you see people falling down or just stumbling a little bit when it comes to developing their personal brand and maybe give a, a tip or two around that since you obviously do this work well and uh, teach lots and lots of people. So let me give you kind of my top five. From an offline Great. perspective, I would say clean and declutter your closet. That's first thing. You know, uh, wear what works for you and is appropriate for your size. Number two, give away your knowledge and expertise. Find a way that you can give value to the marketplace and don't limit yourself by the confines of your job. I mean, a lot of times I've connected with people in the dog park here in, mm -hmm. in New York. I mean, entrepreneurs who are amazing because we both love our um, animals. Number three, secure in, in your personal online space. You know, I have KatrinaMcGee.com. Even if you aren't going to use it to write it, what you don't want to have to do later is explain why the first thing that comes up is the stripper down the street with your same name. You know, just... <laughs> just I've ran into that problem, Katrina, I'll tell you. <laughs> it's really challenging. It's really challenging. But, you know, you want to be first, second, and third in the Google ranking. So there's some things that you need to park, whether you're going to start a blog or not, just own those. Um, the fourth thing is build and strengthen alliances. Think in terms of connect instead of just the quote unquote networks that we exist on now. And then the final thing is to develop a sensible social media plan. Now, I think that anybody working in the cause marketing space needs to be active in social media. And I know not everybody wants to do that, but at the very least, you have to connect with the brands that you're partnering with. It will tell you so much about where they're going from a marketing perspective, how their customers feel. You can see how they're reacting to the campaigns we're doing together, but it also allows you to um, create that impression and develop interactions online. What I suggest is people find the medium that's right for them based on what they want to achieve. You know, um, some of the networks now are like heavily international. Others are heavily U.S. based. Do your research. If you're not active on social media, look at them all and find the one that's right for you based on whether you're video photo heavy, whether you want to use text, whether you're long winded, whether you think you can get to 140 characters and then just work that social media channel. Excellent tips. Well, thank you so much, Katrina. We know that you are active on social media because you've just been giving us great tips. So can you tell people where they can find you online if they'd like to do that? Sure. Well, the easiest way to connect with me is on my website, KatrinaMcGee.com. And then I also have a Twitter handle at KDMcGee. 
Excellent. We'll include that in the show notes. And how about you, Joe? Where can people find your personal brand online? Well, you know, with me, my number one channel is Twitter. And you can find me talking to Megan and Katrina at Joe Waters. You can also find me at my blog, SelfishGiving.com. And of course, I curate tons of cause marketing pins at Pinterest.com front slash Joe Waters. So make sure to check those out too. What about you, Megan? Where can people find you? I'm also on Twitter at Megan Strand, and I tweet for the Cause Marketing Forum at TweetCMF. And of course, you can find show notes for today's episodes at CauseUpdate.com as well as SelfishGiving.com. And please be sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. You can also find us on Google Play. So make sure you do that so you don't miss an episode. And on behalf of Katrina and Joe and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Cause Talk Radio. And we'll talk to you next time. 